You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Mister. Dot Commer on weei.com. Hello, folks. Jim Hackett, Pete Davidson. We of the Off Day Podcast, the fantasy football arm of the Off Day Podcast. Thank you to Rob Bradford, Andy Hart, Ryan Hannibal, the whole football team, and podcast domination team over here at weei.com and pete and i are back at it big day big day pete friday august 30th this thing will drop tonight and tomorrow morning and uh you can't get a bigger fantasy football weekend than right before labor day this is where it happens so what we were thinking about in terms of coming in is just going round by round and then giving you as much intel on as many players where they should drop where they are dropping as we possibly can to get you ready let's start right at the top what do you think yeah, let's. I mean, let's walk through this and sort of like almost like we're going through a draft, you know. I like let's, it. Let's talk about ideas at different parts of the board, and uh, since a lot of people are about to be in round one, round two, round three, those are big picks. Uh, obviously, anybody who's listening to this and you want more depth than we were able to get into during this pod, everything at my site is free, no registration. So you can go to rotobond.com. There's free free cheat sheets. Just download and draft. So beautiful. Just so you know. Yep. Very easy to get prepped and get ready to draft in about 30 seconds if you need to. And Jimmy and I will walk you through the first couple of rounds right now. Yep, and the cheat sheets are in PDF form. They're in Excel, so you can manipulate them. And if you're a Mac guy, which I am not, they're in Mac slash numbers, and there's 500 players ranked. So giddy up and go get them. Yep. Round one, you get the first pick. It's uh, somewhere between standard and PPR. Let's call it half PPR. You got... As far as I'm concerned, you've got four options. McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, Elliott. Yeah, and I'd say in that order right now yep. would, would be my, my preference. Um, I mean, Elliott is looking like he may miss a game or two right now. I Jerry mean, Jones say, went up and said it. Jerry Jones yeah, basically said it on Friday. Which clearly was a shot across the bow to, yeah. <laughs> to Elliott's team, camp. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think right now it's probably 50-50 because he's going to need to get in probably within the next two or three days, or they might not even want to put him on the field week one. Yeah. So uh, right now Elliott's 50-50 for week one. Uh, I'm still going to put him in the four spot because once he gets back, he's just worth too darn much. Um, so I'm still taking Zeke at four. Um, and then on my board – you get a choice at 5-6. For me, if I'm not in full PPR, I'm going Nick Chubb. 
Um, but for those folks who are really into the air raid offense, you could consider David Johnson. I don't really have a problem with it. Um, I sort of feel like the more points you get for receptions, the more you want to swing to DJ. It's really up to you where you want to put your threshold. Yep. Uh, love those guys there. And, I'm just and feeling a little bit more comfortable with Chubb. Yeah, really, just because I just love the offense. Yeah, I mean, I you know, does I think Johnson probably has more ceiling to him just because if that offense hits, he could catch 90 balls in addition to the rushing. Sure. So, you know, if you're a go-for-it kind of person and you don't mind the risk with David Johnson, you know, I got your back, man. Go for it. Uh, for me, I just Chubb is compelling because that Cleveland offense, it just, man, it just feels like a hot knife through butter, and why wouldn't I want the goal line back on that team? Yeah. Just, not to mention, by the way, you may not have heard this, Jim, although you may have, but um, – Hunt now apparently is having some type of uh, hernia surgery. So he may not even be 100%. You just made Uncle Jimmy very happy. We just (laughs) spent a good chunk of auction money on Nick Chubb last Saturday. So with you, by the way, sitting right next to you, by the way. Well, yes. And, you know, this might be a good time to make an offer to whoever got Hunt. Ah. Might be a good time for you to do that. Yeah. Um, So, you know, to me, that just makes Chubb that much more appealing because now look. There's a chance that Nick Chubb gets dinged up, and now you know who knows what's going on. But look, his injury risk to me isn't any different than any other back. Any other the player, time. yeah, yeah. You know, Chubb. I mean, Chubb had a major injury, but at this point, it was a while ago. Yeah. He has proven that he can handle volume, and that he's still a monster. Um, I mean, he was one of the best running backs after contact last year, yeah, and he's going to be running against boxes where they can't stack him. Yeah, you got Odell Beckham Jr., you've got Landry, you've got Baker Mayfield back there. Yep. Like, hello. Yeah. He's all, all arrows pointing up in terms of right. what I see. Now, but let's talk about Chubb for a second, just because there is some nuance to him in terms of how you want to target him, okay? Let's say you are a later pick in the first round. He's yep. generally going to get to you, okay? And when he does get there... Like 50% of the time, he will come around the, the turn to that 14, 15 spot. Yeah. So if you want to be greedy, if you want to roll for it all, and you know you want Chubb but you're not as maybe committed to him as me, you know, going receiver in the first or maybe different running back in the first if you want to go RB heavy and coming back with Chubb in the second, now that can work. So if you want to roll the dice, you could do that. For me, I'm generally saying, you know what, I'm going to get Chubb and then just take best available in the second. Yeah, I'm set, comfortable with that. Set your anchor. I think that's right. smart. You know, but there's a lot of ways you can do this. You know, the one thing you can't—it's hard to get messed around with if you have a late first-round pick. As long as you're just going best available in the second, as long as you're not reaching in the second, you're going to come out of the first two really well. It's really sitting and praying in the third round that's going to be your yeah. your big moment. Yep. So then, uh, then it gets. And I just love what you do at the top of the of the draft in terms of your rankings. You know, then instead of reaching, you practice what you preach. It's Odell Beckham, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. Right. To which and I any, say, throw a any, dart. Right. Any order you want to take them in is fine by me. Um, I've got Beckham in the top simply because I feel like he's got plenty of tread on his tires. <clears throat> his injuries the last couple of years have been fluky. Mm. But I don't, I, you know. I, more I mean, tedious. Sh- more tedious Yeah, injuries. I mean, look, anybody can get hurt, but I don't think, I honestly don't think Odell Beckham is injury prone. I don't think so. Um, and his, the things we're going to see with him working with a quarterback this good, this young, with this strong an arm, who's mobile. Odell Beckham's never had a mobile quarterback before. Yeah. Never had that. So I'm seeing like. Mettenberger at LSU. He was, he could throw the, you know what out of the ball yeah. he's not mobile <laughs> so and he wasn't as good <laughs> right so now you're going to see what happens i mean how many times have we seen odell beckham running around on an extended play well you know what the thing I mean, is really to me never? to me the template is when a, when a play has historically broken down in pittsburgh 
and Roethlisberger's on the run. He just chucks one down the field to, back then, Antonio Brown, or now it would be Juju, or before that, uh, Mike Wallace. You know, those were big chunk plays for touchdowns, and that's what I see happening with, with uh, on the broken plays with Mayfield to Beckham. Yeah, and I think we're going to see a little bit. One thing Odell Beckham doesn't get enough credit for is just how flat good at the game he is. I think some people get a little bit too wrapped up in his ability to do spectacular things, mm. but the thing that sometimes flies under the radar is how technically sound he actually is. His routes are up like as good as it gets yep um and when the play does break down odell beckham knows how to work back to the quarterback he is a smart savvy receiver um and by the way so is jarvis landry so yes i mean when when they put baker mayfield on the move defenses i'm telling you right now folks y'all in trouble <laughs> you're in trouble yeah you know if this team doesn't get hurt if everybody stays healthy we're going to see some things i'm telling you right now and odell beckham is going to make some plays that are going to we're going to have some new highlights of Odell Beckham. I think you're right. A lot of NFL films coming. But when I look at these four guys, Pete, with Beckham, Devontae Adams, Hopkins, and Julio, I basically— They're so easy to love. They're yeah. all so easy to I love. I mean, I'm, so, like, if I'm in standard, it's probably Beckham, you know? If I'm in PPR, it's probably Adams or Julio. And uh, and then Hopkins fits the bill for either of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That that makes sense. Um, and, look, it, I, most people have Nuke at the top, and I don't have a problem with that. You want to take Nuke anywhere. You want to take Nuke over Zeke Elliott at four? I, I'm not going to say it's tough to don't. sneeze at 100 receptions a year a- with absolutely. red zone shots. Yeah. My, my only thing with Nuke is he's a guy that I have had a lot of shares of the last couple of years. Yep, and it's been glorious. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing, if you watch him play every week, a lot of plays he's getting up slow. Yeah, uh, he gets beat up and he plays hurt and he has played hurt and he's had to because the other receivers have been hurt. A force gives him two weeks with big plays and then he's gone for the year. Same yeah, with Kuti. I, 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 yeah, I'm just... So my thing with him is I feel like he's been through so much it wouldn't surprise me if he missed a couple games this year. I, that's really it. But other than that, you know, he's right there with Beckham. So I really encourage people take the... Of these four guys who in my opinion should be the top four and there's not much drop off to Schuster and Thomas after to be honest. Yeah. But these four guys are my top four. You can't go wrong. Take the one that you're comfortable the most with. That's yeah, my advice. I think it's personal preference. Like I think yeah. your rankings are uh, a reflection of how you think, which is like, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is about to explode. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins has exploded. So he's a yeah. couple slots down. If, and if you're more comfortable with the proven, not that OBJ isn't proven, but the right. historical asset then take Hopkins. Yeah, you know? that's that's. Thank you. You understand my rankings better than I do. Uh, <laughs> I read them. No, you're right though. That's that's pretty much the way I see it. Yeah. And, and if somebody's like, oh, I just I'm feeling Julio. I love Julio. Take Julio. That's what and, I did. Last, that's what I did Saturday. I'm like, and, and I set a wall. I'm like, you know what? If I can get, hey, I'm going to put 45 bucks on Julio, and if I get him, I'm going to I'm going to take him and be happy. Right. And that's exactly what happened. Right. And, and I was going to say, as you just mentioned earlier, and if you're in full PPR, oh Julio. I, yeah. I mean. You're, you're never going to be disappointed. As long as he stays healthy, you're never going to be disappointed with Julio and yep. full PPR. So the next couple guys, and you get down to the, uh, the close to the end or at the end of the first round, um, you know, for some people, this makes perfect sense to you and me to have Travis Kelsey at 11, but some people sure. can't get out of the mindset of the anchoring with a running back or, or an elite yeah. wide. Uh, to me, Kelsey is an elite wide. He just plays tight end, you know? Yeah. So, your league setup's going to have a lot to do with whether you want to take Kelsey at the end of round one. And, and one thing we should probably mention, I mean, is there really a difference between taking somebody at 11 or 14? I mean, no. you know what I mean? It's basically the same. Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, take the player in the first round that you feel most strongly about, the one you don't want to have to sweat out coming back to you. Um, you know, and, and the other thing, remember, when you get to the 11 spot, you're going to have 10 guys off the board. So you can see 
what's going to happen, right? So, see, you've got a couple guys. You're hoping one of them's going to slip to you. Well, you take that guy at eleven. If you take a running back, you know either Thomas or Schuster or Hill or Evans is going to be there for you the second. Yep. Like there's no risk factor. Um, so for me, I've been taking the running back first because I'm pretty much cool with any of the receivers that get back around to me. Say we're drafting in the the ten, eleven, or the twelve spot. So I like for me, I sort of want Chubb, Connor, or Cook. Like I really would like one of those three. I just feel like Connor is in such a great spot, and I feel like Cook's early schedule is just, as I've said a bunch of times the last couple of weeks, I feel like he's a get-you-off-to-a-good-start kind of player. Yeah, I think that's smart. And I want those players. Yeah, you want to so, get off to a fast start. Cause, right. But by the way, the first bye week is week four, so that hurts right. you if you have those guys. You know. So even though I've got Dalvin Cook at 15 and Schuster at 12 and Kelsey at 11, I may take Cook at 11. Mm knowing that there's no way I'm not getting one of these other guys I love at 14. Yeah, yeah, right? they're right there. They're all kind so, of in the same bunch. Right, so don't just sit there and cross off the next guy in the rankings list. Work through the scenarios in your head. Yeah, think about it. Which guy do I want to take? Who am I most comfortable with getting back around to me? Who do I need to get off the board right now? Because I because I'll be really nervous if he doesn't get back around to me. Feel free to just reorder them based on your own priorities. These guys are insanely close. And your um, own and your own understanding of the people you're drafting with. Like if you've got a wild card there that you think is going to you know he's going to take Mahomes and you got a good shot at the guy you really want and you can be smart about how you pick them and how you how you kind of segment them. Take advantage of that knowledge. Well, if you're draft one thing I always tell people to do, if you're drafting near the end of a round, if you're you know, the two or the three team, or you're the 10 or the 11 team. I strongly encourage you to open up the grid view in your brow, uh, on your draft, like in your little draft applet. There yeah. should, usually there'll be um, an option there for grid view where you so actually see the draft board. Yep. Always look at that view because you want to look directionally. You know, if you're in the, you, you want to look to your left or to your right, what do the teams that pick after me, because everybody who picks after you is going to go twice before you go again, right? Right. Profile those teams. So if you're coming in the fifth round and you're like, well, should I take OJ Howard here? And you look at the two teams that are going to be drafting and they both have tight ends. Well, then you don't need to take Howard. Yeah. T- and you take the highest ranked running back if that's your other priority or take the highest ranked receiver and, 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 99% chance Howard's going to come right back around to you in the next round. I can't tell you how many people take Howard in the fifth in that scenario, either because they're just not thinking or because they don't even look. Yeah, they just look at it as a sheet, and they just go vertically down. Right. This is a mistake you very rarely saw back in the old days when we used to draft live and in person because you're writing everything down in right. front of you. Yeah, you're keeping but, track of everyone's team. Right. Now people get into this mindset where they're just looking at the board and their own team. Meaning your meaning your list of players available in your own team. Yeah. Don't be blind to what the teams around you are doing. It's going to color what they're going to do in the interim picks. Yep. It's a so lost it's, art. It, yeah. It really is something you can make much better value decisions. Um, well, actually, better roster build decisions. Yep. Um, if you know these variables, so you know you've got the time. You know, <laughs> take a look. Um, and it's not the kind of thing you want to be doing when you're on the clock. It's the kind of thing you want to be doing in the several picks leading up to you. Right, right. Exactly. Okay, rant over. Yep. No, it's good stuff. <laughs> it really is. And it's just something that I see more and more. As you said, it is sort of a lost art. But, I mean, this is not something that should be an art. <laughs> like, this is just basic Smart stuff. Smart business, yeah. Right, right. You know, this is like jogging down to first base. Like, don't don't jog right. down to first Hustle. base. Right, hustle. 
Hustle. Right. So uh, everybody likes hustlers. Yeah. So other guys in this like this kind of lumped area, Mike Thomas. You know, we didn't do Michael Thomas. We didn't talk about him. Love him. Love P- him. P- uh, a lot of people love him. He, his when the auction we just did, uh, he, he he went for a, a pretty high premium, and he went after some of the the guys that are quote unquote ranked ahead of him. Right uh, now, granted, in auctions, the time you get called out. Yep. Can have a lot to do with the yeah. Numbers. People get so, anxious, yeah. Right. So if Thomas was the last elite receiver that gets called out, he may actually go for more than DeAndre, yeah. Because people see that reality, and all of a sudden they're like, "No, I got to get this guy." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's keep going. So it get, when you get to the like the middle of the second, you've got guys like you know Connor and Mixon probably off the board, Dalvin Cook off the board. In the middle, it gets a little interesting. Um, you know, you and I both love Mike Evans. Um, yep. And then above him is Tyreek Hill in your rankings, which, you yeah. know, I, I think you said it well on a podcast uh, before and wrote about it. It's like, I'm not going to judge you for taking him. He's not going to be on my team. But, I, I you know, you're building a fantasy team. Look, these are just fantasy players. They're just chips. I mean, we don't need to get into that whole thing. But, yeah, I, I just don't want to look at the guy's name. It bums me out. So, I, you know, for me, I've got him in the same spot as Evans. I'm probably going to take Evans. Um, but, look, Tyreek Hill. If you're trying to win your league and that's all you care about, which is really all you should care about, he's a real viable pick anywhere, I'd say, right around 11 on. If, if you if you want Tyreek Hill, I'd say he's viable right at about 11 and anywhere after that. Yeah, and you know you know where the— uh... These guys are so close, Jim. Yeah. I mean, Mike Evans, if people wanted to take Mike Evans at 11, I would not have a problem with it, and he's at 18. Like, that's how tight this group of players yeah, look, is. Mike Evans is a superstar. Absolutely. Yeah, superstar. He's going to be an Arians offense. Yeah. I mean, so ma- I mean and, and, and there's so much reason to love all these players. And I've thought about actually moving Mixon down below Hill and Evans. The truth of the matter is it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you know, if you need a running back there, you probably need to go Mixon. Um, you know, if you really feel great about the Jets and Le'Veon Bell, you could take Bell over some of these guys. I don't have a problem with it. I personally wouldn't do it, <laughs> but I can understand why other people would do it, especially if it's full PPR. Yeah. Um, I'm just a big believer that, you know, Jet gonna jet. <laughs> and like this, this whole talk about them using Ty Montgomery, that's, that sounds like a very jet thing to do to me. So. I always get a kick out of when I see like the sign, like play like a jet. And my question is like, why would you want to play like a jet? Aren't you trying to improve right. yourself? All right. <laughs> Let me rip on my team. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, one thing I was just going to get back to Hill. You know, if you're in a, in a league that's maybe like I'd say 15 or more, Take a take a late flyer on Mikol Mikol Hardman because more more yeah. stuff could drop on Hill. You know, you never know. I, look, Mikol Hardman is a good player up. anyway. Whether yeah, whether you have Hill or not, I do think that's astute though. In terms of you could cover your your Hill posterior by grabbing Mikol late, but you could also just be the guy who gets a whole lot better if something happens to Hill by grabbing Mikol late. Yeah, uh, tons of hidden upside there. And the other thing about Mikol Hardman, we don't know how this is going to work out to a T. But he could become viable not just with a Hill injury, but with a Sammy Watkins injury. Yeah. And Sammy Watkins injuries happen. Yes, they do. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, I love Sammy Watkins, and I really want to see him have a full, healthy Mahomes to Watkins kind of year. But he gets taken late for a reason. Um, I think he's getting taken too late. I agree. He's a value but, right now where he's getting yeah, where his I mean, ADP is. Yep. Yeah. I lo- In fact, this is... Not a bad. We'll just jump into this for a second, but like taking Sammy Watkins at ADP and then just taking Hardman late, I suddenly don't feel so exposed to risk. 
Exactly. So for what it's worth. Well, did you see uh, Pat Thorman on, on Twitter the other day posted a team I just love. His draft strategy was basically I'm going to get as many Chiefs and Browns as I can because they're yeah. great no, offenses. I've been, yeah. I've been talking about that. Like, yeah, Chiefs, Browns, uh, get involved with the Rams running game, get yeah. involved with the Cowboys running game, get involved with the 49ers running game. These things that we can count on. Yeah. I mean, think about sometimes you want to think about teams and schemes versus just players. Yeah. Absolutely. I put the Patriots And there. obviously Thorman is like, Smart beyond words when it he comes is, to this yeah. stuff. Footballogist, mm-hmm. a footballogist. All right, so sorry you caught me in a sip there. That's okay. But the middle of the second round really gets interesting for a lot of reasons. The ones we just cited, and then like at running back, you know. So like with Le'Veon, which you just talked about, but you know Todd Gurley um, got some. Yeah. Kind of looks a little bit like <laughs> I was talking. Are we I, feeling better about him now? Oh, I had beers with John Diagel from Roto World last night, and we we talked about Gurley for a good twenty minutes. Yeah, he's fading him, and it's funny when I told mm. him my take on Gurley, he was like, he he sort of tilted his head sideways like a cat. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. He's like, I haven't heard that before. He's like, that's interesting. Mm. Um, but my thing with Gurley is, look, I don't really want him to tell you the truth because I don't know what the Rams are going to do. Yeah, and I don't like getting involved in situations where I don't know enough. Dice roll. Right. But having said that, when will I get interested in Gurley? It's where I have him ranked. Yeah, into the second round. Right, because here's the thing. The team that's going to pick at 24, 23, 22, and 21, they've got McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, and Elliott. Yes. So as somebody who is thinking about winning the league, I am less inclined to create a super team. Yeah, you don't want to gift them to them. Right. So as I said to John yesterday, I was like, I almost, in a sense, I'm going to take one for the league. It's playing defense. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know what? I don't know if this is the right pick for me, but I know if Gurley hits and he's taken in the next eight picks, we're all in trouble. Yeah, kiss the league, but go- goodbye. Right, right, because if somebody's got, you know, uh, you know, Barkley and Gurley, and Gurley's getting 20 touches a game, just forget it. We can wrap the whole thing up in week, you know, whatever. Yep. So that's sort of where I'm at with Gurley. Like, now, here's the, here's the interesting thing. I haven't been in a draft where he's gotten to the third round yet. Mm. And I haven't actually had to make that choice yet when I'm in that spot. So in all of my drafts, Gurley's been going 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 in that area. Mm. I haven't had to make a tough decision on him yet. Um, But for me, if I'm in that 19, 20 area, I may just take him off the board and say, all right, well, I'm playing the Gurley game. Uh, And in that scenario, um, hopefully... I did like Chubb in the first or Johnson in the first. Yep. So now maybe I'm in a position to, yeah, you know, go ham. Um, well, you're going to hear about that in the fantasy football hour about how to kind of work Josh Gordon. Similar. Yeah. And so if I do go girly in a deep league, in a, in a shower league, I'm just going to pray. But in a deep league, I'm going to probably get involved with some handcuffing. Um, I will probably go after Malcolm Brown, and if Daryl Henderson's on the board late enough, I'll probably grab him. Yep. And if it's one of these leagues you and I play in with 20 roster spots, I might just grab John Kelly. Yeah, too. why not? They, they might all <laughs> you know? they might all get in there. Yeah, yeah. they might all so, get in there. You know, I, I'm willing to try this. And again, what what would your team end up looking like? Let's think about it for a second. Um, let's say we take Kamara in the first. Yep. And well, actually, no, no. Let's 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 go with the scenario we're on. Let's say we take Chubb in the first. Gurley in the second, and then what are we looking at? We're looking at pick 
what, what number pick in the third round would that be? That would be 27, 25, 28. 6, 7, 8, 9, 29, I think. Yeah, 29. Right? 29. So, you know, we'll be looking at maybe maybe a way to do this is just to go with an RB-heavy build. Yeah, go with Carrion Johnson. Take Carrion or Josh Jacobs or Chris Carson and be like, okay, well, if Gurley's going to be out, I still have two stud backs. And the challenge I'm going to have here is putting together a receiver crew that's good enough to win with these backs. You know, and then maybe you come back in the fourth with a little, you know, Godwin or Galladay or, you know, somebody like that. Maybe you get real lucky and Stefan Diggs slips because I've seen that happen, which is crazy. But you, know who could slip? you know who could slip? Because of the, Hilton. I was just going to say that because of the Andrew yeah. Luck news. T.Y. Hilton right. could slip to you. Right. So you can have that kind of draft where you're like, okay, this is my station. Let's. Let's embrace it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then in the fifth, take the highest-ranking receiver on the board. Hopefully somebody decent slips to you. Maybe you get lucky and Cup is there. If or not, Robert you, Woods or someone you, like that. Uh, yeah, or, or, or I'd probably be looking for a guy with some upside potential, somebody who's a wide receiver one like DJ Moore, yep. Robbie Anderson, yep. something like that. Um, just maybe, you take one of the, maybe you take one of the, t- the O.J. Howard or Evan Engram as a tight end. See, that's interesting. I. I'm probably in this scenario going to hope and pray that I can get one in the sixth here. Mm. That's probably what I'm going to do just because now we've sort of put ourselves behind the eight ball a little bit. Yep. Um, so I'm probably going to be like, no, no, no. I'm just going to make sure I get at least two receivers that I like. Um, but, you know. But maybe not. <laughs> on, well, sometimes you read the room. Yeah. And if, if everybody's going RB heavy and the receivers are still sitting there, well, maybe then I might do that. Yeah. So you sort of have to read the board. What's going on here, right? Um. But yeah, I it, it, I can see the I can really see the the girly build working. I can see it working. It's not something I want to do, but in that scenario where I'm the guy in that nine, nineteen twenty area in yep. the second round and nobody else took the plunge, I'm probably not going to get involved in a league where the you know the, the guy with Kamara also has girly. Tell you what, as time goes on, I'm getting le- more and more comfortable with it and less and less scared about it. I really am. Well, here's the thing. You and I both play a lot of teams. If we take that chance and it blows up in our face, it doesn't ruin our season. Yeah, exactly. I think for people who play one team or two, it's a little bit tougher to make the move. And I can understand it. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you don't want to be out before it starts. Yeah, and you want to enjoy the arc of your season. You know, I mean, I'm all about what's going to improve my odds of winning. Other than I don't care about anything else. But for some folks, it's like, I want to have fun week 10. I want to enjoy week eight. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to spend my whole season sweating out time girly. I, hey, I understand it. That's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Another receiver you could look at in that scenario would be Tyler Lockett. Kind of sexy. I really love Tyler yeah. Lockett. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, the voice changed. He's moving way up the board. <laughs> in our draft at the Beantown Brawl, did Lockett go in the third? He I think, went early. I think Leo Pasiga took him like at the 3 4 turn. Yeah, he went early. I, I yeah. had, at that point, I had already had Devontae Adams and Mike Evans. And my third was Robert Woods, and I think he took Lockett before I took Woods. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with him doing it, but that was I think that's the second highest I've seen Lockett go. He's usually there for you in the early fourth. Um, but with the shift, with the luck thing, some people have now faded Hilton. People are fading Mac. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Green's out of there, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some of these guys who were early fourths are now sneaking into the third. Yep. Uh, right, right near Gurley. Another kind of, uh, you know, the last few. The, the, I'd say the prior few weeks, one of the guys we were a little bit worried about was Antonio Brown. I'm less worried about him now. Yeah, he seems to be more football player than 
than <laughs> social media phenomena right yeah, now. Or, yeah, like that's a good thing. And I think you know, the more he's actually playing football, he's getting back into it. Yeah, the more sane he'll become, probably. Yeah. I, you know, he, I, I, we're just speculating here, obviously, but maybe he's getting into a point right now where it's like, hey. Maybe I just need to stay on this gridiron, you know? This is where things make sense to me. Well, you just hope that, like, he gets tired of himself. You know what I mean? Like, you've seen, like, friends spiral or family members spiral. We're getting pretty deep into nickel psychology. Yeah, it's true, though. It's like, dude, just get on the field and pull your head out of your, you know what, and keep moving. You know what we should talk about? Um, because I've actually had a couple people message me on this. Um, because I don't know if I've been too nonspecific with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, let's um, get it. Yeah, this is well, a good just, area to talk about him, man. Yeah, Mahomes is the elephant in the room when it comes to quarterback. He's the only quarterback that I'm willing to go early on. And for me, early's like the fourth round. That's yeah. where I would be comfortable. Yep. The reality is this. A lot of you are going to see Mahomes go in the first round. Yeah. Because there's going to be people who are like, i got to have him, and they're going to take him. And you're not even going to have to worry about it because he's going to be gone. Um, and then similarly stupid moves. I mean, look, it's just as dumb to take Mahomes at 10 as it is to take him at 14, because you're passing on the same caliber of player. Right. Right? Where it becomes viable is when people have picked really smart, and you get into that third round, and you just don't love anybody. I mean, would I do it there? No. But I can understand, yep. once the real elites are gone, like the top 20, 22 guys, and you're there in the third, look, if you have to do it, just do it. It's okay. <laughs> um, and I think it it could work out. You could win a league taking Mahomes in the third because he's that good. Um, but you are creating a situation for yourself when you do it because now you went early on a, on a non-premium position and you're going to be short somewhere. You're either going to have – you're either going to be taking your wide receiver one in the fourth or fifth. Yep. Or you're going to be taking your second running back in the fourth or fifth, yep. right? Yep. So, you know – that means the onus is now going to be on you to outdraft people for a couple rounds. You're going to need to do that. But if you, so, here's sort of this is where the friction point comes. And we've how many times have we said this, Jim? You probably know what I'm about to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, waiting, biding my time. Know your league. Yep. Know who you're drafting against. If you're in a league filled with fish, and you're a shark. Yeah, go ahead and take Mahomes in yeah, the third. Yeah, because you know. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Because people are going to make mistakes between then and your next pick. Yeah. Somebody will take Watson with like, the next pick. Yeah. Rodgers will go in the yeah, fourth. Yeah, they will be like a quarterback run. Yeah. And so if you're in one of these leagues where you're the smart guy in the room, you can do this stuff. Yeah. And you'll get away with it. In fact, it might even be the way to go. But if you're in a room full of sharks, you're going to pay for doing it. No question. So you're going to need to have a plan on how you are going to backfill what you gave up. That That's it. But... I, to me, Mahomes does become a viable way to win a league in the third if you're in the right room, if you know what you're doing. Yeah, I and hope it, that all made sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And if you are in a tough room and you still want to do it, just remember this. You can't eat dessert twice before dinner. You can have dessert once, and like you know, Mahomes would be like dessert. But then now you really got to fill that wide receiver and, and, and I would actually prioritize running back. Right, like in that scenario. Mahomes in the third, yeah. O.J. Howard in the fourth. Yeah, now you're not looking at an elite tight end or a near-elite tight end. You're looking at a value tight end. You know what I mean? So you have yeah. to be smart. You can't eat dessert twice. Yeah, um, I think you're right. That's well said. Yep, and, uh, and it, but it's an interesting scenario. I, I'm, I'm in a league uh, here at Entercom coming up. We're actually going to draft, I think, the day before we do our Midtown auction. And it's a lot of guys I've never played with before. It's all like, you know, like some of the inside guys here at EEI. And I'm, I'm curious as to what their skill level is. I know one guy's pretty skilled. 
the rest aren't. So I might be a Mahomes. I might be the shark. You know what I mean? And, and really and dig in and do that. So it's it's interesting how each league is different. Um, and just know where you're playing. Know who it, you're playing it's against. It's really true. I mean, I've depending on what I mean. And I know because I play in leagues where everybody in the room is an absolute shark. And I play in leagues where there's two or three in the room. Yep. And those drafts are so different. In fact, they can become chaotic where it's like, man, what's going on? They're going in the wrong order. Like, how do I, how does my process fit into the room I'm suddenly sitting in where there's just chaos all around me? It actually can be sort of tough to deal with. It is. Because you're like, wait a minute. I, I want to take this guy here, but based on what I'm seeing, he might be for me. He might be here for me two rounds from now. You do have to start sort of in your mind playing the tape to the end. All right, with these type of chaos picks, what does that do to the room? Like, where, uh, how does that change the way I want to attack things? Sometimes you can reorder when that happens. Yep. Um, you know, it's up to you to try to figure out what you're looking at, how many people are drafting dumb, if you will. But, I mean, look, I've been in these drafts where it's like by the end of the third round, there's five quarterbacks taken. That's crazy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're like, so, like, what do you do to account for that? You sort of have to go, well, what – the best way to do it is go, okay, well, wait, wait a minute. Let's look at my board. What's not being taken? Yeah. That's the that's where you start. Where's the like, best player at the best position? Right. What's some, If everybody's taking quarterbacks and tight ends are going early and people are reaching for hometown players, that means the wrong people are still on the board. Yep. And you want to attack that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that's the easy way to do it. Then the nuanced next step is, okay, what is this going to do to round seven, round eight, round nine? What does that mean? You know, And then the one thing you do want to sort of pay attention to, when you see, and I've been in these rooms where people are just taking quarterbacks like crazy, when you see that happening, you do need to start thinking about taking your quarterback earlier than you normally would. Mm. You do. Because when you see people taking starters in the second, third, that means they're taking backups in like the seventh, eighth, and ninth. It happens. That, yeah. It, it Invariably, those kinds of rooms turn into those kinds of rooms. And it happens fast. Like all of a sudden, right. Russell Wilson becomes uh, Mitch Trubisky. Right. So, and you know what? That can be okay. Yeah. I don't mind if that happens, but make sure at least you're going to be able to get Trubisky. So, if you're in that kind of room and people are taking their backup quarterbacks before they're taking their third receiver, and again, I've seen this way too many times. This mm. is not a joke. People do it. People, and and it comes down to people know the quarterbacks better than the other positions. Yeah, it's comfort it's level comfort with quarterbacks, level. Yeah. and they run home to mama when they don't know what to do. Okay, <laughs> don't let that be your problem. So what you want to do in that situation, don't just randomly go early on your quarterback. Just depending on where you are in the draft, you may have to go earlier. If you're in the middle of the round, just keep your eye on the position and strike when it gets when it starts getting thin. Yep. If you're at the end of a round, you might have to go like a half round earlier. Because you could be run susceptible. Like if you're down to only six quarterbacks left, and everybody in the room is drafting dumb, just get somebody. Yeah. Because the up. Because here's the other thing: if people are drafting a one QB league like it's a two QB league, and again, I see it all the time. Here's what happens: the eighth round becomes the ninth. The ninth becomes the tenth. Yeah. So there are going to be players available to you later. So if you have to take quarterback out of order by a round or two, don't worry, because those players you would normally be taking in that spot, they're actually going to be there later. Yeah, no doubt. And just to kind of bring it all together, um, in terms of what the Rotobond draft plan is and what, what Pete and I preach and what we've kind of like built in terms of our collective mentality, is just know this. Pat Mahomes at Rotobon is the 49th ranked player. He's at the turn of the fourth and fifth round. Right. Right where he belongs. But I mean look, I I'm sort of putting him there to get your attention. 
truthfully, and I mean, I get into this in the pod, I'm, my sweet spot for Mahomes is probably mid fourth. Yeah. Um, I have him there just, really just to make a point. I'm just for the point, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, look, I know people are going to blow me off and take Mahomes earlier than I'm saying. I know they're going to do it. They do it every year. All I can do is just try to make the point as strongly as I can. Yeah. How many songs did I put in the entry to the QB? Oh, uh, <laughs> 10, maybe? <laughs> it was a lot. I got about but, five deep. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many people listen to the whole That's thing. That's Pete's but... quarterback podcast, and it just it starts with a an array of songs from Garage Band that right. are all about waiting and we patience. We start with and... Guns N' Roses yeah. and Patience. I appreciate that, by the way. Good lead song. Waiting is the hardest part for Tom Petty. We put Veruca Salt, I Want It Now, in there <laughs> from Willy Wonka, um, a whole bunch of stuff. But it's basically my way of begging. Yeah. My way of saying, I'm not going to say one word about this position until I make you wait because I want you to get used to waiting. It wasn't because a su- that's how you're going to win the position. Yeah. It wasn't a subtle inference. <laughs> no. you know? And by the way, like, like it's again, it's all, it's really about striking all the values there. So we'll go, I'll go back to a draft that we did a few weeks back and I had a really good base. I had a really good base at running back and, and, and a receiver and I had my tight end. So there in the seventh round sat Deshaun Watson. I'm looking at my at my rankings. I'm like, it's not even close. He's the best player on the board. I'm taking him. I've got my foundation. Yeah. I've yeah. got I've got four. I've got I had three uh, three running backs. No, three receivers. Two st- really good one two running backs and my starting tight end and elite tight end. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm taking Watson. You know, right? Because right. it made and sense. That was right before I took my quarterbacks too early. I think, if memory serves. Um, but just but feel yeah. the room, man. Feel the flow. Yeah, I my quarterbacks were interesting in that draft. I don't even know if I want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to encourage other people to do it. I basically went with an experimenter. Uh, oh, that's right. You took Oliver Murray. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember. Well, I took Murray and Lamar Jackson. That's right. I remember. I started yeah. double down on foot points. I just wanted. I, I was just compelled to try something different. Um, and granted, it's not like I took them early. I took QBs in the eighth and tenth. Like I'm okay with where yeah. I took them. Yep. Um, but I took them a little out of order. Now taking them ahead of luck suddenly looks like a genius move. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not spiking the ball. I got lucky on that. Um. But I mean, I felt like my I liked my team. I thought I did really well with my running backs. I felt like my my receivers were just a teensy on the short side, mm. and I felt like you know what? Let's just, let's see if we can create an upside situation at quarterback. And I just wanted to do something different. It was yeah. outside the box. It was outside of my normal rankings, and I'm interested. I'm interested to see how it plays out. But here's the thing: the way I figured is if either Murray or Lamar. Goes nuts. Yeah, I win. I just need one of them to go nuts. Yep. Well, I would say this too. So just remember, you know, Pete's got like eighty drafts. You know what I mean? So, you know, if you're, I if like you, to do it, different it, things. Yeah. Look, at it, it's big draft weekend. If you're gearing up for your one draft, don't do that. <laughs> I, 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 no, it's true. Well, listen, don't do it unless it's something you really want to do. Right. Like, don't do it because I did it. Please. Right. <laughs> I don't want that responsibility. I just want to put a disclaimer on that. Right, and you know the other thing is this is a, this is a league where people tend to not roster quarterbacks. So yeah, when I they go did late. It, I'm like, you know what? If this thing really both like just totally burns down on me, and I really screwed the pooch on both of these, I'm going to be able to. I'll, I can QB from the waiver wire if I have to. In this I mean, league, you can, yeah. I, I really do, and I, I I still feel okay about what I did, but it was sort of a course specific kind of move. That's like a league. I, I knew this league wasn't going to draft quarterbacks. I just knew it. I knew that if I took Murray, I would have a, a shot at Deshaun, at um, Lamar. I knew it, yeah. and I did. Well, also, just and I was to, able to fit Duke Johnson in between the two. By the way, there you go. And just un, and that's before the trade, right? Um, just to underscore that in that league, which is twelve teams, uh, eighteen rounds, correct? 
Thomas Patrick Brady went in the 17th round. Right. So just to underscore right. your point. And Tr- Trubisky went in the 17th Yeah, as well. I mean, you'll, you'll have options. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to the board in terms of kind of where we are. So, yeah. you know, we, we kind of brought Mahomes into the conversation early because in a lot of people who are listening's drafts, that's what's going to happen, right? right? So as you start, I didn't want to leave him on a draft. Yeah, no, it's important because people yeah. are going to be like, why aren't they talking about him? So when you, when you leave the second round, at the end of the second round and heading into the third, there's a really— This is where stuff gets hard. It does get hard, <laughs> and there's, like a, there's a lot of talent here. So a couple guys come up who I have in a lot of leagues already, Damian Williams and Aaron Jones, who I really like. I mean, if you, if yeah. you go receiver heavy and you go for a premium tight end, you know, these guys can be a good anchor for your running back solution. Right. You know? so, I, mean, I have those guys. I don't know if this is— I think in the most recent Rotobon update, these guys are up there. But, yeah, I basically have Damian Williams, Aaron Jones, and Fournette. I've upgraded Fournette. Yeah. I have them all in the second round now. Here's a guy. Fournette's generally, a guy. at least one of them is going to get into the third. Yeah. Round, and probably For- Fournette. Fournette's a guy who's been really not on Probably Jones and teams. Fournette. Yeah. Sorry, Jim, go ahead. That's okay. But I've got a lot of Jones. I've got a lot of Damian Williams. I have none of Fournette right now. And compl- I don't have a lot of Fournette either. I think I have a single share. But you know what? He's. It sounds like he's healthy. The early rumors that he was heavy, it sounds like it's actually the opposite. Um, I think, again, if you play a lot of leagues, I think having some exposure to Fournette in the third makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's a bell cow. Um, Yeah, again, if you're the kind of person who just really doesn't want your fantasy season to go south on you at any point, you want to make sure you're competitive all year, he can be a little problematic in that sense. Yep. Um, granted, I mean, I can't stand the guy after what he did to me last year. Actually, in the league we were talking about, if Fournette hadn't gotten suspended at the end, I might have won that thing. Right. Um, and Overzet wouldn't be doing this, like, extended victory dance that he keeps doing. Yeah, he's leaning heads. into it. He's having fun with it. Um, hey, it's probably going to be his only title. He should have fun with it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think Fournette is a viable guy if you want to go after upside in the third. I, we all know the risks, and there is no clear handcuff for him. So the thing with Fournette is, you know, if you do him in the third and he's your second runner, you really got to make sure you've got some depth. Yeah. You really do. Because um, he's, even if you get good Fournette, he's probably going to only play 14 games. Yeah, and that's where you're going to want to have, like, you know, um, some some good, strong, solid, like a good, solid, strong third running back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you might even... You know, if you're in a snake, you're probably going to miss out on Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson and those guys, but you might be able to grab, like, Derrick Henry, Devontae Freeman. Well, you know what? Mack. If you're taking Fournette near where I have him ranked, yeah. he could be part of an RB-heavy start. You could you could go Kamara, Fournette, yeah. carry-on. Or, you know, you could go uh, Christian McCaffrey, Damian Williams, Fournette. Like, mm. I, I'm not afraid to do that. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Personally. Yep. Me, Pete Davidson. I'll do it. And I'll enjoy it. <laughs> you don't even need a reason. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even need a reason. And the thing is, and that's the real advantage of those the people. And this is the reason straight drafts are sort of a bummer. Because, man, having the top three pick right now is such a huge advantage. Not just because you get the elite running back, which is obviously huge. But the early third round pick is advantageous right now. And the early fifth round are also very advantageous yep. right now. Uh, it's really hard to screw your team up if you're in the first three picks. Yeah, you almost it is. have to try. And you said something uh, in one of our last conversations. Maybe it was your auction podcast that I that really resonated. Which it's is, hard to tell them apart at this point. Yeah, they blend. I've done so many of those Yeah, they blend. Things. And now, now my head's kind of blended into them as well. But uh, you said something I really liked, and it's one of the reasons I love the auctions that we do, is like when you do a snake draft, you just don't have access to the entire player pool. And that's a right. bummer. You know what I mean? But right. in an auction, if you want to... Spend you like a drunken sailor. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, at least you have access to them. 
Right, and then the other side, I think I probably made the same point after. Um, the other good thing is if you if you don't get any leak in an auction, at least the person who did had to pay. Right? No doubt. Yeah, so you, at least you forced auction, the issue. Right, so you know the guy who got Barkley in our auction, he had to get near seventy bucks to get Barkley. Yeah. Right, so at least there's that. All right, so it, it allows you to now you have an advantage at least. At this point, let's look at some of the because uh, we got to wrap up pretty soon. Sure. At, at this point, let's look at some of the rounds, um, or like let's pick a couple rounds. Let's, let's, let's you find pick, gets a little difficult. Let's take one minute and finish the third. Okay. Because third, the third it's is a big tough, round. Yeah, it's a tough round. I, me personally, I just want to take best available as much as I can in the third. Yep. But if I've gone wide receiver, wide receiver, or if I've gone RB, RB, I might be hoping for a position. Yep. So you just have to do the best you can with that. Um, the things that I would, you know, if you've gone receiver, receiver, I wouldn't see any reason to take a chance on Amari Cooper's foot in the third. I don't, I'm not too worried about it, but if I don't need a receiver, I probably will pass on that and take a runner like a Chris Carson or a Jacobs. Um, I've even I'm, got Aaron Jones in a couple third rounds, you know. Which is oh, yeah. Aaron Jones, I think, early third is definitely going to be there a lot of the time. Yep. Uh, I think I've got him higher than consensus. So, um, obviously, my my board's just my board. A lot of these guys are getting mid-third. At, at this point, the guys who are going late second are floating into the mid-third. It's yep. like a big pool, and guys are moving around based on preference. They're all close. Yep. Um, Keenan Allen, I have him at 25 now, but he's absolutely viable at 22 if you mm. want to go receiver there. Yep. Um, but as we get down into the third, I'm very comfortable with all, with the Minnesota receivers. I'm very comfortable with those three backs I have at the top: carry on, Jacobs, and Carson. I, you know, Jacobs has looked pretty good, and and, and Doug Martin's out of the picture now. He's gone so completely. I'm feeling gone. much better with Jacobs' volume floor. Yeah. So you know, I'm really for me at this point anywhere in the third, I'm okay with Jacobs. I'm comfortable too. And I, the next guy, Carson, I'm very yeah. comfortable with him. Getting I more like and him. more comfortable with Carson. Yep. The, the this idea that they want to throw him the ball more is exciting. Yeah. I never understood why he wasn't catching the ball. I always thought he looked pretty good as a mm-hmm. receiver. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what that was about in the first place. But if he's going to start catching a couple balls every week, his value could really go up. Um, they're not real happy with Penny. I don't know if that's coach speak, rumor stuff. Uh, beat beat reporters giving bad takes. All of that could be true, and Penny could end up doing really well because he's talented. He's also an easy target because he was a he was a they drafted him in the first round, like right. way ahead of anywhere any of the right. experts had him. That's a good point you know? too. Um, but at this point, Carson has just separated himself, and I think at this point, if you need a, a running back in the third round and he's your highest guy, I, I personally, I have absolutely no hesitation to take Carson in the third. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, and then I have separated Cooks from the other Rams receivers at this point a little bit. I yeah, a little bit. Up a little higher. He's just, you know, I was looking at his stats. He's been so consistent. Yep. Um, you know, he, I don't think there's a lot of upside on him in the bottom of the third, but I really think you're going to get what you pay for, you know? Uh, and if that's the kind of player you want there, horses for courses. Yep, I think that's fair. Um, and then the running backs at the bottom of the third – Take the guy you're most comfortable with. The guy I'm most comfortable with is Henry because I think we can count on the volume. And, you know, another thing, the Colts getting dinged helps the Titans. That's that's two games where their game scripts will probably be better than we had That's an interesting point. And then also, too, like, you know, if you're a, if you're playing standard and not PPR, you can feel really good about Derrick Henry at the yeah, end of the third round. Clearly feel the, really good. Yeah, and, and you know what? He's... Not a complete. He is not Michael Turner. He can catch some passes. Yeah. Like this idea that Derrick Henry is going to catch like eight passes or something. I don't believe that. Um, and then here's the other thing about Henry. If you're in a deep league where handcuffing makes sense, Deion Lewis is probably one of the best handcuffs out there. I'd say he's in the top eight handcuffs yep. available. Yeah. A because he's good. 
B, because, you know, it's funny, Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves, and I were talking about this the other day, and he was saying how, generally speaking, handcuffs aren't such a great idea because even if it hits, you're taking a devaluation at a huge spot and getting a little bit less on the handcuff. You know, 90, 80, 90% of the time, I think that's true. In this Titan situation, it's you could end up flipping that. Like, if Henry's gone, if he's not playing, now Dion's going to be getting more than Henry or he was getting, right? Yeah, so because he's going to be touching the ball. Be, he could start getting into that 20-touch area on a weekly basis, and he could easily be worth what Henry was worth. Yeah. So, I, you know, if if you're getting down the end of your draft and you're like, man, everything's great here, but I'm worried about Henry, take Dion. Yeah, I agree. And I think the same applies for the next guy you have on the board with Devontae Freeman. I like yeah. e- I like Edo Smith as a as a handcuff as well. I do. I, Edo has some standalone value. The only thing that concerns me there is Edo's so small. Maybe one of these other guys like Hill or who knows what um, could become a factor. But yeah, I mean, if I draft Freeman and I want to cover my posterior at some point, yeah, it'd be Edo. And I would say this too: is is you look at what like a what a, a ranking sheet would look like a week ago. You know, when you're talking about Derrick Henry and Devontae Freeman, you're probably talking about Mar- Mar- Marlon Mack. He might have dropped a little bit. You might want to play the waiting game with him because uh, his volume is obviously going to be there with Luck being gone, but he's probably not as hyped as he has been all summer long to this point. The thing, the thing with Mack is he's a monster in positive game scripts. We don't know what's going to happen now in passing situations. Yeah, we don't. It's, 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 we're sort of in a 50-50 zone with, with Hines and Mack. You know, yep. They've said some nice things about Mack. But we've never really seen them actually do it. And now we're looking at a scenario where these game scripts are going to be more frequent, these bad game scripts. Without luck, they're going to be in more of these 50-50 playing from behind situations. So I'm not leaning in on Mac. I had Mac up in the 30 area at one point. I've got him down now. He's early fourth round for me. Yeah, he's close to 40. And quite frankly, if you find, you know, if you'd rather take Ingram, I can't blame you. I just don't like the some running back. Are, some people are even taking Montgomery. Yeah, history just shows the running back on the team that's got poor quarterback play, not so good. I mean, it's it's varied, Jim, but I think when you're talking about an early down back, yeah. The yeah. early down backs are the ones who really get hammered. All right. We got, uh, we're definitely in overtime right now, but give me like oh. one more nugget for people. Just one and we're done? Yeah. Oh, boy. Draft Curtis Samuel. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> He's a keeper for me. Yeah. Exciting. All right, guys. Well, let me just say this. Go get them this week. I hope this podcast serves you well if you're looking for more. Hey, one more thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hit it. If anybody in this podcast, if you didn't get enough, um, if you go to my Twitter feed or if you go to rotobond.com, the draft plan is there. It's an hour and a half of me talking through the draft. So if you want it, it's there for you. There you go. Listen to this one first and then listen to that one next. There you go. And uh, pizza at rotobond. I'm at WEI Hacksaw. Tune in on Sunday, 8 a.m. for the Fantasy Football Hour. We pre-recorded that one because we've got some traveling to do. But uh, once the the season starts, we're back in there live. And uh, hopefully you'll be there with us. So long, everybody.